Good morning. Welcome to our Practical Rambling Fathers podcast. Once again, my name is Father Tate. I'm here joined by... Father Brian. And today we're, we're going to continue with our segments of the different topics of Lenten journey, especially for our Lenten retreat. And today's topic we're talking about is, what are some of the obstacles that's stopping us from receiving God's love and to know that we're truly loved by God as His beloved children? Right. So what gets in the way? What hinders us from being beloved daughters or beloved sons? And then we don't stop with there. We also add in one, two, maybe even three um, tools that could possibly help us. And we'll get into that. But to start, we kind of want to define what a wound is. Um, And a wound, simply put, is um, somewhere where love was supposed to be and it wasn't. For whatever reason, for my own faults, for those who are supposed to love me's faults, um, for perceived God not loving me, um, mm-hmm. and so there's that sense of um, I'm wounded, and that that not being loved there really shuts down our hearts um, in the way mm-hmm. of walking with the Lord. So, and then exactly. Father Tay has a few other things that he wants to mention that would hinder us. Sure. Um, just a quick concrete example would be like, for example, an old wound that a lot of us will feel like when we're children, right, is we, we bring home like some sort of project and we're looking for that approval and that recognition that we've done a good job and we, we present it to our parents, but then their reaction is in what we, we, we imagine to be, right? And so from then on, we have this perception then, right, that I should receive that love and that precious moment as a young child, but I didn't. And so that wound kind of stays with us for the rest of our lives. And it fits into the next step of, that's the definition of a wound, right? I should receive love for my recognition um, and for my worth as a person in general. And so then the next part of the wound is that every time that God wants to love us, or every time that we are trying to receive love from others, that memory comes back, pops into our mind, and then as soon as we're about to trust and lead to receive that love, we stop ourselves. Like a heart says, no, 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 don't jump. Because last time you jumped and believed in this faith and believed in this love, you were hurt. So let's not do that again. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what these wounds do. They, 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 they stop us. As, uh, as, so imagine a sprinter. You know, he's, he's on a block. He hears a gunshot. And he his calf muscles are ready. He's about to sprint. But then he has his uh, trolley horse, right? The muscle pulls him back. So he can't run at 100% that he wants to, right? So that's what wounds do to us. They really cripple us from that, uh, making that really good, important uh, start, start off the block. Wow, you're, you're, you're making a running analogy. Wow, I'm impressed. No, no, that's probably one of the most concrete ways I could think. I hate running. I don't know I why. Know. I know, I was like, wow, you went running style. Okay. And then that wound, right? It places lies yeah. in our hearts. And that's, that's exactly. the lie. That's the wounded part is like, then there's a lie towards God's love for me or towards um, those different things. So um, mm-hmm. other things that can get in our way, other things that can hinder us is our past um, and Correct. our past fears. Also, there's mm-hmm. this sense of um, my past can't be forgiven or a fear of like, God can love me everywhere except there how could god love me there because i don't even love me there so how can god look at that and still love me and that kind of comes in especially with um with our sinfulness i think some of uh, you know our condemning or self-condemning um judgment of ourselves versus the freeing mercies of god 
um, that can even hinder us too of like, oh, I don't know about that thing in my past. I don't know if the Lord could ever forgive me. Yeah, he can. That's why he went to the mm-hmm. cross. Um, exactly. Or that fear of um, being vulnerable with the Lord. That too can hinder us, right? Um, because mm-hmm. if I'm vulnerable with the Lord, I need to trust him, which we'll get into. How do I get over overcome that? Um, yep. But it's to doubt um, that God can love me in that spot, which uh, I think Father Melvin Correct. mentioned um, when we were talking to Father Tom. Yes. Mentioned when we were talking about those different things is like I'm doubting God's love uh, in that particular spot um, that He could that He could love me, and that's why some of us have a hard time going to confession. Is I don't know if the Lord could actually love me and save me and sanctify me there in my weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, that I know I need him. So exactly, exactly. Well, that's good. It's very, very good. Father Tay, what's the role of suffering also in this? Well, how can suffering stop us? Oh, sure. Um, you know, on a practical level, all of us human beings are trained in two ways, right? We either fight it, we remain the fight, and we fight through the suffering, or we flee from it. It's the fight or flight. Suffering can be a bad thing in that we focus too much on the pain, right? The fear trips up the suffering. So we, we focus on the pain and saying, you know, if God loved me, then why am I suffering so much, right? We, 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 we want to put the blame on someone because it, the pain is too difficult, so we don't want to remain in it. We want to fly away from it. But suffering is part of that healing process, right? In order for us to receive God's love and remain, and sometimes it calls for deeper healing. And that deeper healing means you got to suffer way through your past because you got to go and uncover all those lies and really put those fears and lies to trial and see the true evidence instead of whatever evidence that you were presented uh, 10 years ago, right? You gotta, each day we, we find new new and more things about ourselves. And so the case of these lies will, all, will often always change. Right. Hopefully that makes sense. I've been watching yeah. a lot of uh, criminal Ooh. TV shows. So that's why I yeah, I was going to say, wow, okay. Uh... I think one thing, too, is like um, before we suffer anything, Jesus has already suffered everything. So that real sense of in my suffering, can I enter into Jesus uh, and his suffering and look at his suffering, mm. the most innocent, um, and enter into that with my own suffering so that I yes. can be healed and not to be healed by myself or in a silo, but to actually be healed with Jesus walking with him. Uh, in his suffering and in my suffering. So, Father Tay was saying that can hinder us sometimes. Yes. So, it's very important to have a, uh, to have a relationship with Jesus even before we start asking the question of being healed, right? And here's why. If we don't know who Jesus is, then we only view Jesus as someone who functions in a certain way, right? Jesus is my project manager. I come to him with a certain project and, and he gets it done. So when life gets rough, Jesus is the miracle worker, right? He gives me the miracles and then I'm done. But that's not <clears throat> the full picture of a healing because we don't know, we still don't know who Jesus is. We know that he could do wonderful things, but that healing doesn't do a lot for us, right? And that's why when we get to know Jesus well, but we see the way that he loves us, then the healing will be more concrete because what's going to happen then is when you're healed 
and you don't have a strong relationship with Jesus, the devil will always plague your mind saying you weren't healed. That's just a hallucination. Well, that's a good feeling at the moment that you've had. So a quick example for my own life would be this. For example, when I pray, I like to read, uh, before praying, right? My first is I like artsy stuff, right? I like beautiful images. I like poetry. Why is this important? It's part of my spirituality. So when I'm praying with Jesus and I'm praying with certain scripture passages, God sends me beautiful images to remind me of how much he loves me. And he knows because of certain images I've liked in the past, he brings it up saying, I loved you, and here's a better picture of my love for you. No one can rip away that experience from me. I know it to be true because I felt it in my heart. I see a, a concrete proof. So my mind and my heart are now one, knowing that it's totally true. <clears throat> but can you imagine being healed by a doctor that you don't know, right? If, even if you don't have a relationship with him, you're not going to trust him. Even if he offers you the best medicine, right? Right? It takes some time and relationship. Think about it. How many times have you gone to a certain doctor because your friends have gone to him or your family has gone to him and they referred to him, right? So this is already a past relationship. Everything is done in, in a relationship with each other, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, what else would we like to add, Father Brian? I mean, that's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I just, I could go on, but it's right. Yeah, that yeah. real sense of vulnerability. <clears throat> Of that trust leading to deeper vulnerability, which leads to a more awareness, essentially a more awareness of my woundedness. Because once when we have this conversion in our life, we start going towards the light, um, Jesus, and we start seeing different things in us that don't necessarily correlate and um, with the truth of I am beloved already. And so... But that vulnerability of being able to bring it up and that trust to continue. Yeah, I like that analogy of being referenced. So, Father mm-hmm. Tay and I are referencing uh, Jesus for you, all right, and his church and yes. the sacraments. Yes. That's <laughs> our reference point uh, it, for you. Exactly. The doctors <laughs> we, we will recommend always to go to. So, all right, Father Tay, you want to talk about. Um, so, there's two forms of inner healing that we just want to. We'll talk about at a later date more in depth, but we're going to talk about unbound and a thing called transformative prayer. So ways of basically these inner dynamics being healed um, in our inner life. So Tay, you want to talk about unbound for a sec? Sure. First, before I talk about it, I want you guys to know, right, it's very easy when we hear about these tools to help us be healed and transform our own relationship with Jesus is to view it as a miraculous cure, right? <clears throat> it does. This process doesn't mean you come in here, talk to a priest for 10 minutes, we pray over you, and you get healed. No, 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 no. This is a long life commitment relationship with Jesus. So with the unbound, it's really you walking with Jesus and praying, saying, where in my life have I not received the love that I should? Where in my heart there are wounds that, I, that it's hard for me to acknowledge, right? So with unbound, there's five keys. It's a very scriptural base about your relationship with Jesus. How are you going to allow trust to enter into the picture so that you can walk with Jesus to lead you along these five keys? So the first key. The first key talks about repentance and faith. You're tired of being ruled by your fears. You're tired of the lies that are always combating your mind. And you're very tired of just being feeling like a slave. There's no else to go. You're just trapped. There's no hope. 
It's that despair, right? <clears throat> so the first key really delves into your heart saying, do you want to be free from this? Do you want to be free from your sin? And if you answer yes and walk with Jesus, then yet you, it requires great humility to ask Jesus, then help me gain faith so, have, so I can have strength to repent from these sins, to repent from these lies, and not to believe in them anymore. That's the hardest step, because if we don't have humility or the openness to repent and to have faith in Jesus, then we can't really go on to the next step. Because the next step, the second key, talks about forgiveness. And forgiveness doesn't mean the ones who have just hurt us, but also means forgiveness for ourselves, right? The Lord, help me to have the strength to know that I am not, I wasn't at fault, right? That I can forgive myself, give the opportunity to realize that I put undue pressure on myself. That I can allow myself to be healed because I've been so hard on myself for all these years, right? Or I held this resentment against a certain family member that I can't let go. And this anger just eats at me, right? So that's the forgiveness part. And then, but during this time, Jesus will come to you and talk to you about how he forgives you. Then that way you can allow yourself to learn from him and then to forgive others. It's not going to happen overnight. It takes time to delve through that pain because every time it resurfaces. And then the third key <clears throat> is, is the renunciation. Now, now, I want you guys to be very calm and careful when I say things, right? Some of our fears and lies that happens in our hearts and our life are sometimes due to attachment of the evil spirits. What evil spirits am I talking about? Am I talking that you're possessed? No. I'm talking about evil spirits are, are that, that attach to you like lies, right? The fear of the unknown. The spirit of rejection, right? You always feel like you're rejected no matter what you do, that you're not perfect enough, right? All these are lies or despair, right? Or any sins of lust that just attaches to you, right? So the third key is really being humble and saying, I'm tired of these sins. I want I want to renounce all these evil spirits because I don't want them ever in my life ever again. And so uh, at that moment, we have to have a relationship with Jesus because in our baptism, and, and through the grace of reconciliation, communion, and confirmation, we have the authority, right, to cast these spirits out from our lives. I'm not talking about full-blown exorcism. I'm talking about the lies and the temptations in your life that you, as a Christian, a Catholic, can say, I reject you, Satan. I reject all of these things that you're trying to present to me. The fourth key is that through your baptism as priest, prophet, king, participating in Christ's uh, vocation, and be confirmed by the Holy Spirit. You have authority. And so you say, in Jesus' name, right? I cast all of these things out in my life and place them on the foot of the cross and now allow God to come in and take care of the rest. The fifth key is probably the, the most important that people often forget in healing. We think of once we go to this place of healing, we cast out all the demons and the lies that were good. We forget the lies that burrow deep down. They're like leeches, right? You know, at first it stings, but then it numbs us. So we, we're so used to being there. But when you pull off the leech, if you're not careful, the head still remains, right? It burrows deep. So the hole's still there. So how do you fill it back? How do you allow the, 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 the diseased skin to be pulled out so new skin can grow in, right? That's the Father's blessing. So the Father's blessing is to ask God to empty all that and enter to that spot where you've been empty all out and just to fill it with love, to fill it with love. So that's the Father's blessing.
Nice. Yeah, and just a personal witness to the power of Unbound. Um, I did it back, I don't know, four or five years ago, four years ago, I don't remember. We did it sometime in seminary. Anyways, um, I, being led through this at the point of authority and the renunciation, I actually, like, collapsed in the chair in a good way. Um, just, like, all those, the, all the unforgiveness and all the uh, the renunciation and being aware of different things and um, the priest that led me through it was able to take authority with or he t- I took authority with him and and then the father's blessing really just built me back up completely um, the priest actually kind of caught me as I was sitting in my chair because uh, I kind of just leaned over into the spirit um, just because I just felt totally um, rebuilt reformed um, and so that was kind of and then the Father Blessing just kind of was able to take even more hold, um, leaning into that faith and that relationship of being loved um, and knowing belovedness. So, yeah, so just that personal testimony. So, um, And we'll do a later session, like we said, on Unbound and Five Keys and more in depth. And 15 Reasons Why We Typically Don't Forgive um, is kind of one of the ones that we'll go over uh, in, in depth. So... And then, so I want to mention this other thing that I happen to be um, trained more in than Unbound is called Transformative Prayer or Theophostic Prayer. And it's the healing of memories. Uh, It's going back personally to memories and saying, Lord, what's the truth here? Um, This is the lie that I picked up. Um, And a few of the different principles of Theophostic is like our ongoing pain um, it has nothing to do with our current situation. It's just what springs us out. So our current anger, particularly, or our current sadness or whatever, has been building up over time, and it's lies that we've believed over time. And so it's to go back to that memory um, before our rationality was actually able to know, right? So before seven, typically most memories happen. And so our emotional tracker is going since conception and so there's this ability for us to already feel something before we know what it is that we're feeling Mm -hmm. Um, and then we pick up a lie from that so because the evil one is so uh, sneaky in getting in there so it's the healing of memories and then presenting that lie to the lord and then to go back to that memory and say uh, you know um, in that memory not that it is true, but does it feel true that I am unworthy or I am mm-hmm. unwanted even, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so you go back to that memory, you present that to the Lord, and in that moment of transformation, the Lord reveals, no, you're worthy and you're wanted, and I've wanted you for all of time, um, and I've waited mm-hmm. for this moment to embrace you. Okay, that completely changes um, what that memory is because the reason why it's painful is because of the lie that comes out of it, not because of the data of that uh, experience. So, and that's the thing is experience can ex- change experience and data can change data, but they can't change each other. So I can datively know God loves me, but experientially I don't think he is. And so in this form of prayer, it's saying, nope, the Lord can come into that memory because he's always present and he can actually heal it and place his truth in that identity. <laughs> and then lastly, um, we just want to point out three the three big lies um, 
of uh, the idea that great accomplishments will make me feel accepted and valued or admiration of others or good looks will make me feel secure. Uh, status and popularity or the recognitions of others will make me feel significant. And so just a word on those. So those are kind of like the three big lies. Um, but to change our life into the truth is to you plus Jesus and his church equals acceptance, security, and significance. And we can look into scripture um, for those truths. Um, the simple example of I'm accepted is um, in Colossians. In Colossians 1.14, I have been redeemed and forgiven. Um, the fact that I'm secure is, you know, Romans 8. 28, I'm assured of all, all works together for the good, and that I'm significant. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so those are just kind of three of the big, um, big lies that we come into. So, well, that's the end of our episode. Father Tay, you want to take us out? Uh, sure. <clears throat> Thank you so much for listening to us during this podcast. This topic is probably the heaviest, right? Because we've known this probably before, but now we have the words for it. And it's kind of scary to go into it. But remember, as much as scary as the things are happening around, around the world right now with the sickness and everything else, Jesus loves you. He's made so many promises to us, right? I'll never leave you orphans, right? I'm going away, so I'm prepare a place for you in my father's house. That speaks of his love for us. So really delve into his heart, really trust him, and ask for a greater faith and humility to be able to journey deeper to his heart. Right. So thank you so much for listening to us and to su- subscribing to our podcast. You know, um, can thank you, thank you. I, I can't. We can't thank you enough. Uh, please know that both Father Brian and I we are praying for all of you. We're entering into difficult times right now, but remember. As difficult as times are, Jesus remains the same. You know, he's the Alpha and the, and, and the Omega. He will always take care of us. So rest in that fact. Or as St. Paul says, that whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. So during Amen. this time, be the Lord's. Yes. All right, hashtag be holy, my friends. Hashtag stay blessed. Stay, stay blessed. blessed. Wow, nice. All Peace out. Next week, we're talking about who is Mary, why she is important, and how we can grow closer to her and her significance. All right. Catch you next time. Cheers. So we forgot to add in why this is related to Lion King. Um, So we're going to do that now and here in these three-minute clip, I guess. So... Just want to talk about how this uh, all relates to Lion King, the movie. Go for it. So the first thing that we want to talk about, especially how our past doesn't define us, but we, in our brokenness and our fear, can think that whatever we did in the past is going to be permanently fixed forever. And we see this with Simba, right? So Scar was the one, of course, that kills, um, that puts Simba in danger in order to hatch his plan to kill his brother Mufasa. Um, But 
Scar doesn't let Simba know that. So all Scar does is say, hey, it's your fault. And Simba is forever scarred, remembering that he was in part culpable for his father's death. And so no matter how much of reality is brought to him, for example, when he goes out to uh, Timon and Pumbaa, you know, he, he buys into this philosophy because it's just easier, right? He's running away from his suffering. He's numbing the pain. But when Nala comes, it triggers memories. And so, um, and so he tells himself that, you know, I can't tell Nala what happened. I'm not a kid. You know, it's good here. He wants to always remain in his past. And then Nala says something uh, to the extent of, why can't you see the king that I see in you? Right? So she's not dismissing the past. She's saying you're called for further greater things than just your sins and your mistakes at the moment. Right, which we actually know, in his case, aren't actually true, right? His subjective exactly. reality of his woundedness is not objectively true, which is where the role of humility comes in, in our own healing of, if God is love, if that who is who God is, well, then my subjective reality can't be necessarily right until it's um, put through God's lens and shown by God, which is a really difficult process to get through. But it's also one of the things that I love about um, when Rafiki finally shows up and um, Rafiki shows up and he starts, uh, he says, I see your father, I know where your father is. And he gets really, really excited. And then they run through this whole entire um, root system of this tree that is super difficult to get through Um, and at points he loses Rafiki and he's stuck and he's in the dark and he doesn't know where to go and eventually Rafiki pulls him out to the other side and shows him a reflection of himself Um, and Rafiki making the point of you're already good inside of yourself and I don't have to show you anything other than to have you remember who you are um, and who your father is for you so that you have that identity. So that's the, um, I love that because that's the suffering and that's the pain of inner healing, the goodness of that, right? That the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us through all of that. So we're not doing it ourselves. And at some points we feel lost and at some points we're not sure where to go, but that the Holy Spirit is alive and active and bringing us to that deeper sense of healing. And that's kind of the whole entire Old Testament, too, is the Israelites totally forgetting their identity in God and what God did for them. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're rebelling in this way or that way or going other to false gods or whatever, you know. And that's our our experience, too, uh, in our fallenness is how do I remember, how do I stay in that identity? Um, and then also that, you know, Simba does it alone, he does it alone with the Holy Spirit. Timon and Pumbaa aren't with him. Simba's not with, or Nala's not with him. He's doing it by himself with the Holy Spirit, Rafiki. Um, and then when Rafiki hits him on the head, the first time he goes, ow, that hurts. And then the second time, and then Rafiki says, you know, it's in the past. Why does it matter? And he's like, well, you can also learn from the past. Exactly. So even that sense of um, being able to learn my identity from my brokenness of my past, which we all have at some level. So, 
Hashtag stay blessed. Stay, stay blessed. blessed. Wow, nice. Uh, peace out. Next week we're talking about who is Mary, why she is important, and how we can grow closer to her and her significance. Perfect.